Eric shared last week, there are some times in our lives where we just don't feel like we're functioning properly. Like things aren't really coming together we the way we would want them to come together. And we just like our electronic devices sometimes just need a hard reset so we can get things back in gear, back in focus, back to the way we would want them to be. And as people of faith, maybe most importantly, back to the way God would have them to be. This morning, we are going to talk about how God calls us to reset by refocusing us on the way God sees the world, on the way God sees our lives, on the way God sees us. One way to think about this is to imagine optical illusions. You've seen lots of these before, I'm sure. And there are some particular types of illusions that use our focus to show us two different images within the same picture. The way they do this is by playing with the positive and negative space to create images that when focused on one over the other, show us two different things. A popular example of this is Ruben's vase that I'm going to show you now. You'll see the picture is in black and white. If you focus your attention first on the white space, you should see a vase. You see at the bottom, there's the base of it. It curves up into a stem and the top's almost like a flute pointing outward, looking similar to a chalice if you take it all in. Now I want you to close your eyes and when you reopen them, refocus your attention, but this time look at the dark section, the black section. Do you see it there? Two faces, two profiles. It looks like two people who are turned toward one another with their noses right at the center of the page. You see, the way we focus our attention when we look at Ruben's vase allows us to see two different images, a vase in white, faces in black. The way we focus when we look at this picture changes what we see. The same can be said about our lives. The way we focus our attention changes what we see and what we see changes how we act and how we act changes how people perceive us and it goes on and on and on. And sometimes in life when we find that how people view us, how we act, what we're seeing seems out of whack, out of alignment, not the way we would want it to be. Those are moments when perhaps God is calling us to reset ourselves by refocusing our attention and what we see to look more and more like the vision that God has for our world. In today's scripture lesson, we will hear a story about this very thing. The story comes out of the book of Acts, the Acts of the Apostles. And this morning we are going to hear from the ninth chapter, verses 1 through 18. As we listen to God's word together today, I want to invite you to be aware of where your attention goes as you listen to this story. What are you focusing on? What are you hearing? What stands out for you? What falls into the background? Let's listen together 
as we hear God's word for us today. Meanwhile, Saul was still spewing out murderous threats against the Lord's disciples. He went to the high priest seeking letters to synagogues in Damascus. If he found persons who belonged to the way, whether men or women, these letters would authorize him to take them as prisoners to Jerusalem. During the journey as he approached Damascus, suddenly a light from heaven encircled him. He fell to the ground and heard a voice asking him, Saul, Saul, why are you harassing me? Saul asked, Who are you, Lord? I am Jesus whom you are harassing, came the reply. Now get up and enter the city. You will be told what you must do. Those traveling with him stood there speechless. They heard the voice but saw no one. After they picked Saul up from the ground, he opened his eyes, but he couldn't see. So they led him by the hand into Damascus. For three days he was blind and neither ate nor drank anything. In Damascus, there was a certain disciple named Ananias. The Lord spoke to him in a vision, Ananias. He answered, yes, Lord. The Lord instructed him. Go to Judah's house on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul. He's praying. In a vision, he has seen a man named Ananias enter and put his hands on him to restore his sight. Ananias countered, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man. People say he's done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. He's here with authority from the chief priest to arrest anyone who calls on your name. The Lord replied, Go, this man is the agent I have chosen to carry my name before Gentiles, kings, and Israelites. I will show him how much he must suffer for the sake of my name. Ananias went to the house. He placed his hands on Saul and said, Brother Saul, the Lord sent me. Jesus, who appeared to you on the way as you were coming here, he sent me so that you could see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Instantly, flakes fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized. This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. Like so many stories in scripture, as we hear this story today, there are so many different places we could focus our attention. Where did you find yourself focusing today? Did the story of Saul jump out for you? His past as a persecutor of the way, as it says, or as we could call it, Christians? Were you drawn to the voice of Jesus that comes in a flash of light to tell Saul to get up and go and do what he is told. A voice which comes back later to speak to Ananias not once, but twice. Did you find yourself focusing on Ananias, who doesn't often get a lot of mention in this story? That believer who was sent, though reluctant, to lay hands on Saul and bring back his sight. 
There are so many places we could find ourselves focusing within this scripture, and yet all of these places point us to one common thread. All of these places call us to notice, to pay attention to how God refocuses the lives of everyone involved so that they reflect God's desire, not only for God's people, but for God's world. For Saul, perhaps the most obvious, or at least the most talked about conversion, was the one from zealous Jew to follower of Christ. So important is this story in the book of Acts that it appears three times. The first time we hear it is in chapter 9. And then we hear it again in 22 as Saul, who comes to be known as Paul, testifies to his conversion to a tribunal in Jerusalem. And then again in chapter 26, we hear Paul tell this same story to King Agrippa. As we listen to these later accounts, we come to understand more about what was happening with Saul, this person who finds himself on the road to Damascus. It's from Paul's own mouth that we hear that he was trained in the strict interpretation of the law and that he harassed those who followed this way to their death, arresting and delivering both men and women to prison. Before King Agrippa, he goes on to say, I really thought I ought to oppose the name of Jesus the Nazarene in every way possible. Saul, later Paul, truly felt he was focused on what God would have him do. He was protecting God and God's people from what he saw as a dangerous sect, this way, Christianity. He sought to change the people who wanted to change the very law that he had so intensely studied and defended. What we see when we focus on Paul is someone of deep faith, who is zealous for God. But in his pursuit of God and in his narrow focus, he has missed seeing God's vision, the whole picture that God would have him to see. And because he has become so narrowly focused and so zealous for defending the law, he has caused harm to others. He has caused harm to people who are seeking to follow God too. In reading this story today and, and following the week that we've had in our country, I, I can't help but be reminded of those images. Images of people who were so filled with passion about what they believed that they were driven to march down the streets of Washington, D.C. and to lay siege on the U.S. Capitol. In an unprecedented way, we saw people breaking in windows and breaking down doors as they sought to enter and take over the U.S. Capitol to overturn what they felt was an unfair election, and yet in doing so, in becoming so focused on what they were, I'm sure convinced was right, they caused great harm to our nation. They inflicted pain and injury onto individuals. They created terror, not just in that city, but throughout our country. And there were even 
people who lost their lives because of these actions. In reading this account in the wake of those events, we can unfortunately understand what might happen when one becomes so focused, so passionate about their view that they miss the fullness of what God has set before them. We unfortunately understand how sometimes our passionate beliefs cause us to inflict pain and injury upon God's own people. But we have to be careful in reading this after a week like this week because it can be all too easy to look out in the world and point at all the Saul's. Look at them out there, those people, those foolish people who don't see what God is showing them while I sit here knowing what God would have me to know. No, unfortunately, that's not the point of this story either. It's not just those other people who can lose their way. It's not just everyone else who can lose focus to the harm and detriment of others. Sometimes each of us falls into a tendency, a human capacity to become so locked in to what we see and believe as the right way that we choose to defend it at all cost, even if it leads us to act against God's call to love God and love others. When we read the story of Saul on that road to Damascus, we need to not only see that tendency in other people, but also confront where it might lie within ourselves. And the good news that we hear in this story today is that Saul didn't finish his story there on the road to Damascus as one who persecuted God's people. No, the good news of this story is that when Saul finds himself on that road to Damascus, going to arrest followers of Jesus Christ, he finds that he himself meets the living Christ. Saul was literally blinded only to have his eyes reopened by Christ. Without this hard reset, Saul, who would become Paul, would never come to know how God could use him to spread God's word to the ends of the earth. Yes, when we hear this story today, we could focus on Saul and on Paul, and there is so much that we can see in that story that tells us about how God might be calling us to refocus our lives. But there is another story of conversion that too often gets pushed to the background of this passage, but maybe this is the story that you were hearing today. It's the story of a man named Ananias. He is a follower of Christ, a disciple. He lives in Damascus. He's the very person that Saul is going to arrest, people like Ananias and his family. He's never met Saul, but we can tell from this scripture that Ananias knows all too well about people like Saul. So when God calls Ananias, because Ananias is a good follower of God and a believer in Jesus, he says, yes, Lord, right away, what can I do, God? And then when Jesus tells him the task before him, we hear in voice in verse 13, Ananias' voice, as he offers a counter to God's instruction, 
He says, Lord, I've heard many reports about this man. People say he's done horrible things to your holy people in Jerusalem. In other words, Ananias felt like he needed to remind God that Saul is a bad dude. Ananias knows people like Saul and clearly God is confused. (laughs) There is no way that someone like Saul would be who God would call Ananias to go to. But God says a second time, go, Ananias, go to that house. And when Saul has hands laid on him by Ananias, it says that scales fell from his eyes and he's able to see again. But there's something that I think happened in this story too that isn't outwardly obvious. In that moment when Saul regains his vision, I think that Ananias sees a little more clearly too. Ananias sees that he cannot be driven by his own standards to judge who God will use. He must trust that as one writer says, God indeed knows best and that our human standards do not stand up in the face of his priorities. When we turn our focus to Ananias, we can start to see in Ananias perhaps a familiar struggle that happens within ourselves. That tendency to want to judge someone before we know them. That tendency to want to predict what we believe God is trying to do in the world without even listening to what God is telling us God is doing in the world. In the church, we can lean all too often into this place of judgment and assumption. As humans, we can struggle not only with wanting to defend what we believe is right, but with judging everyone else to be wrong. You know, I have a favorite writer whose name is Anne Lamott. Maybe you've read some of her books, and she is famous for saying this, which I comes to mind when I hear this passage and is all too familiar. Here's what Anne Lamott says. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out that God hates all the same people you do. You can safely assume you've created God in your own image when it turns out God hates all the same people you do. It is so true, isn't it? It's true in what we see of Ananias in this story, and it's true in our own lives when we pause and reflect that all too often we find ourselves spending so much time deciding who God would and wouldn't like. And all too often, as we're doing this, we are creating a God in our own image because God seems to dislike everyone we dislike and like everyone that we like. We find that in our lives, we spend more time focusing on the flaws that other people have than on tending to our own. Maybe we find that we, like Ananias, lose focus, spending time assuming what God would and wouldn't do instead of trying to see where God is leading us right now in this time. This story has so many different places we could focus, but right here we have two, two stories of conversion. One of Saul, a man who believes that he is righteously defending God, 
being shown that the very actions he believes are helping are actually oppressing God's people and that God's focus is so much larger than what Saul had originally seen. Because Saul comes to focus on the world through God's vision, he is sent out to testify not only to the Israelites, but to the Gentiles in all of the world. And then we have this story of Ananias. Ananias, who is integral in Saul becoming Paul, who restores Saul's sight, being moved from a place of judgment to a place of trust. Ananias again shows us that by seeking to see as God sees, we can be brought to a larger focus. We can see in a bigger way how God lives and moves in our world and that God can use and call all kinds of people to spread God's message of the gospel. So I wonder today, which of these places to focus do you find for yourself? Are you seeing Paul or Ananias or are you looking in this story somewhere completely different? So I want you to call to mind what's standing out for you today. Paul, Ananias, something different. And I want to invite you to close your eyes. And I want you to try to refocus. Is there something else in this story that you didn't see at first? Maybe, maybe you've heard this story a million times and when I began reading it, you said that's Paul and the Damascus Road conversion and, and your attention drifted away. But bring it back to the scripture. Do you, do you see anything else in there? Or maybe you are so taken aback that there's even a person named Ananias in this scripture at all that you, you got focused there and you missed something else. Where else could God call your attention today? Or perhaps you say, Stacey, I've, I'm really just seeing what I'm seeing. Maybe you could invite yourself to think about why that's speaking to you today. What, what message could God have for you? You see, when we read scripture as people of faith, it is an invitation to refocus our lives. It's an invitation to pay attention to where we are and to how we step into each story and to ask ourselves questions that we might listen for what God might be saying to us in any given moment. Scripture is a tool that we can use to refocus our lives. And when we ask questions like, where were we drawn in this story or what word or person or scene stood out to us? We are opening ourselves to being guided by the Holy Spirit to hear where God might be pointing out that we need to reset our own lives. And this is such an important practice because without turning to scripture, without turning to spiritual practices, sometimes we can lose focus and not even know it. We can have that feeling like something in our life is out of sync, but we just can't put our finger on it. But when we take a second to reset ourselves, to reconnect with God, to realign our lives, we start to notice and change our perspectives. We come to a place where we name what our life is and what our faith is. And we come to realize that our life and faith have been shaped by everything we've seen and experienced and believed. And that's okay. But we can also start to pay attention to the ways that our own lived experience, what we've been taught, 
where we've lived, what we've known, can sometimes bring scripture and faith into a smaller and smaller view. But when we read scripture and start to ask questions about our attention, our views, what's coming forward to us, we start to refocus and reopen the story to evaluate what we see and believe to be true. And then we start to test it against what we know about God, not just through scripture, but through reason, tradition, and experience. And if we find that something feels off, we're given the opportunity to honestly ask ourselves if what is off needs to be changed so that it might better align and focus on what God is telling us about our lives and our world. It has been a difficult week for our country, and yet I want to end today with a word of what I think is hope that can be found in this scripture. I have no doubt that the conversions of Saul and Ananias in those moments were deeply disturbing to them. I have no doubt that if I found myself on a road and suddenly couldn't see, I would be changed, but maybe not for the better. These experiences of Saul and Ananias when they encountered God were literally life-altering. I have no doubt that we could probably use those same words to talk about our life over the past year. It has been altered. At times it has been disturbing. But even in those moments, God is at work. We see that in this scripture today. It's the beauty. It's the beauty of these stories that we hold as people of faith. They allow us to see the beginning and the end, even when in our own lives we're somewhere in the middle. We see in these scriptures and are reminded in our own lives that God is working in us and in our world to help us see something new and hopefully inviting us to help God create something even better. So my prayer, my prayer for us as people of faith, as we seek to learn more about how we might reset our lives in this new year, is that we can see opportunity even in the midst of disruption that we can see these invitations to reset and refocus so that we can reconnect with a God who loves us. I hope that in the coming week, you are blessed by God's presence in your life. And that even if you find yourself in a place that feels off, even if you find your plans changed or heaven forbid, something very disturbing happens in your life or in our world, you will remember that God is at work and you will choose to focus on seeing where God is in action, not only in other people, but in your own life. Because when we refocus on God, we begin to see the world in a new way. And even if we find ourselves in troubling times, we can find hope. Thanks be to God. Amen.